What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 92 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where a group of lifelong gamers get, to the talk, get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm very tired, so I'm stumbling over my words, but I'm joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. You know, I was going to try and not antagonize you today, but then you set me up for it, so... Sorry. Man, you're sleepy too. Can't we just, <laughs> let's just let, let's give each other a pass today. Hey, wait. <laughs> hey, wait. Goku was a Saiyan too, but did Vegeta ever give him a pass? No. <sighs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, also joining me today, the editor with the heart of gold and the man who would never give me shit for being tired, Mr. Robert Thompson. I'm glad I've brought you two down to my level. Uh, as usual, <laughs> I'm sleepy and you can you can join me here. It's a good place. <laughs> Grab a pillow. Look. Welcome to the Sleepy Video Game Boys podcast. <laughs> Listen, yeah. at some point during this show, the eight shots of espresso I've had this morning are going to hit me. Well, I can't wait to just see Andy <laughs> erupt at some point in the show. He's going to just turn on. Uh, and then rounding out our fearsome foursome today, we've got Honorary Pal Ed from the Party Nerds. What's up? Coffee is God. Just to let everybody know, get your cup daily. It's good for your soul. <laughs> I have two. Well, I have three. Yeah, as many as you can without having a heart attack. Uh, well, if, I, if Futurama's taught me everything, I believe that number is 100. And, and then you can see you, time. You ascend. Yeah, yeah you, you, <laughs> you ascend and you see time. You essentially become a time lord. Yep. So good luck with that one. Uh, <laughs> but we've got a packed news list this week. Uh, Ed, I'm glad to have you here with us. Uh, let's just jump into it and talk about what we're playing this week. Uh, Andy, why don't you kick it off? All right, so... Uh, like we talked about last week, I picked up Wargroove for the Nintendo Switch. Hell yeah! Nice. Which is Advance Wars. It's just Advance <laughs> Wars. Um, and that's great, because I love Advance Wars, but wow, is it Advance Wars with a fantasy skin on top. I mean, that's that's exactly what I want. You know, like, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, where it's like, if Chucklefish wants to just become the place to go to, like, revive IP that people have abandoned or made terrible... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> You're allergic to it. That's so bad. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but yeah, I'm all about that. Like, there hasn't been an Advance Wars game in, what, like, 20 years? So uh, I'm, no, I'm happy was, that that's what like we're at. It's like 11, I think. There was there Days was of Ruin one. on the DS that was Yeah, there really was the Days good. of Ruin, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. it was Days of Ruin, oh, where everyone yeah. turned into plant people. Uh, that didn't make that. any there's, sense. There's plant people in this one, too. Okay, well, this was like a <laughs> virus. Yeah, there's because also apocalypse. zombies and dragons and zombie dragons. And okay. Yeah, there's like a, there's a whole necromancer faction, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, those are my dudes. And some of the things, them. Some of the things that made sense about... Advanced Wars and now make a little bit less sense. Like, narratively or, like, gameplay-wise? Like, gameplay-wise, when, in Advanced Wars, when you had, like, an infantry, infantry squadron get fucking mowed down by a helicopter, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I just had dudes on a road and you, like, blew them up with a helicopter. They can't really do that much damage. But, like, when I have a bunch of dudes with spears and your dragon does a flyby, they should be able to throw their spears at that dragon. But they're not. <laughs> Didn't, didn't you watch the one Lord of the Rings or the the Hobbit one where they tried shooting spears at it and it just melted everyone? They killed that dragon with a big arrow. It was a magic arrow. <laughs> it was yeah, a special. You, don't know, special you might unlock arrow. magic spears. You don't. Yeah, your dudes just got spears. They're toast. Um, All right, more practical. Game of Thrones. The dragons nuke everyone. Perfect. Unless they make an ice dragon or some shit. Oh shit! Oh, there um, you go. Most importantly, though. 
you can have the general of your army be a dog wearing armor. Oh, it's that's great. that's just this game is ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> just for the dog itself, the dog is ten out of ten. <laughs> if they learned yeah, so, anything from Persona, you need to put a animal as one of your main party members. The mascot. Of course. Yeah, you gotta have your mascot character. It's the only way. Who else are you gonna turn into a plush? Um, <laughs> the zombie necromancer guy, obviously, for Thompson. Well, there yeah, right, the skeleton there you go. man. <laughs> you gotta find the skeleton character. But so you're enjoying it? Yeah, so far so good. I'm only like five, six hours in. I played a big multiplayer match with a couple people earlier. Um, having the asynchronous crossplay is really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Like day one, it launched crossplay with uh, Steam, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. Yep, right? crossplay yeah. everything. So it's like nice. uh, there's a super robust map slash campaign maker. And if you upload it to the, I, I don't know, the Wargroove Workshop, for lack of a better word, anybody on any console can just be like, yes, I would like that, please. That's so cool. I really want to, like, I don't usually mess around with that sort of thing, because, like, I just, you know, like, yeah. I, I want to play video games, not, like, make one with someone else's tools, but the fact that you can, like, make cutscenes and everything yeah, it's like made me be, like, really robust. I, I really want to, like, go in and make, like, a video game pals, like, you know, like, like, like storyline or something like that, you know, like, Thompson goes rogue with the necromancers, and we all gotta unite and kill him. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, That's I'm so into that. Great, I'd be down. Uh, the one catch is that you do have to use their, uh, their assets, their sprites and everything, but. Fair enough. For as robust as it is, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, can you can you still like change people's names and stuff? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That's fine. That's I can <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> we can work with this. We got this. Yeah, that's that's like as soon as I heard that like oh you can make original cutscenes and like have storylines play out, I was like I might fuck with this. Like <laughs> it might be time. <laughs> well, that's a heaven uh, for yeah, me. I, I'm super excited to play this game. I know we talked about it a lot last week. I picked it up. Um, but I just haven't had a chance to get into it yet because it only came out like two days ago. Yeah, and uh, I've just been busy. But uh, I I will definitely have some takes on this one next week. Cool, cool, cool. Thompson, yeah, you gonna pick it up. Yeah, probably when I start working again. <laughs> there's that Thompson. week off in between. Thompson, you yeah, identified Thompson's... this last week as the reason you bought a switch. Yeah, but when you don't have a single dollar, then you already owe bills. Absolutely you don't fair. Spend more money on video games. No. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's a, yeah. it's, it's, well, it's a two-week drought, and then everything's going to work out, and then this game's the first fucking thing I'm buying. And then Resident yeah. Evil, probably. Because that's Thompson's on the backlog. starting his new job tomorrow, so he'll, he'll yeah. be good to go as soon as he gets By the time you hear yeah. this, I already have probably finished my first week, practically. Yeah. But, uh, alright, so I, I, I was going to lead off with this, but I usually lead off these segments and then talk for too long, so I wanted to, to let Andy speak his piece here. Y'all know what I played this week. Mother fucking Kingdom Hearts 3! <laughs> it's here. Yeah. It exists. They didn't delay it at the last <laughs> second, you guys. Which would have been it's excellent out. if they did. Please. That would have been like the absolute... Actually, you know what? The troll move was at the beginning cutscene. That was the best. If you know what I'm talking yeah. about. That was the best. Yeah. And I, I, I won't bring it up just because I want anyone who hasn't played it yet to have that moment for themselves. Mm -hmm. But like, oh my god, the fake out in that game. Like they're they're like very aware of how long we've been waiting and just like totally like throw it in your face <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> Square Enix are a bunch of assholes. It's great. I love it. I loved it. Uh but yeah, I mean 
I I'm so in love with this game. Like it's so there's so many things about it that are objectively bad, but I just don't care. Like it's it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Like it's a PS2 game with 4K graphics. Like that's what I wanted out of Kingdom Hearts 3. Like it it feels um you know how like a couple years ago they had that team that made like Mega Man 9 and 10 and it was like, hey, like these look and feel like an NES game, but there's also like things that it's doing that they clearly couldn't have achieved on that technology. It's like it's exactly like that. Like it feels like we picked up and this game was released in like 2007 when it should have been. Oh no. <laughs> but like in a good way. Cuz like the things that are like quote unquote bad about it are the things that have always been like goofy and bad <laughs> about Kingdom Hearts. Like the dialogue makes no fucking sense and like some of it is like way cheesier and hammier than I even remember, yeah. you know? Like or like the way that like some of the characters like act, you know? Like while they're talking, they'll be like, oh and like shaking their <laughs> hands around. It's like just it's it's a very PS2. But, like, that's what I wanted out of Kingdom Hearts, you know? And, like, the things that are important in terms of, like, presentation and gameplay and all that stuff, that all holds up, you know? Like, it still feels good to play. And, like, in the early worlds, your combos are a little off. But, like, once you get to, like, the Toy Story world, which is, like, the second or third world in the game. It's the second actual world in the game. It's the third world you go to. And uh, it really hits a stride. You know, and like you're starting to build out your characters and your team and like, you know, you're getting back in the rhythm of things Mm -hmm. and it just feels good. Like so far, you know, obviously I have a a good amount of the game left to go. I'm like 10 hours in and it's supposed to be about 20 to 25 hours. So I'm probably about halfway through it. I think the Toy Story level might be my favorite world in all of Kingdom Hearts. I was going to mention that, too, because, like, I played it at AJ's house. We did it for the Party Nerds live stream, and literally it was two and a half hours of AJ on a controller and nobody else because he was a greedy bastard like that, which is fine. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, He's been waiting 14 years. (laughs) He's been waiting 14 years. He deserved that, so I'll give him that. But um, early on, I agree with you on the dialogue, the cutscenes. It was very, very hammy, very cheesy. You know, just a lot of things. But as soon as I got to the toy box world, and as soon as I got invested in the Toy Story theme, and started hearing the music throughout the cutscenes, uh-huh. I was like, okay, this is where it's still... Yep. I was like, this is going to pick up. Like, Woody and Buzz acted like Woody and Buzz. And I was like, yep, all right, we're done. Let's do this. Let's keep going. I think uh, the funniest thing is that, like, for the characters who are voiced by famous people, they did a really good job of getting, like people that sound like them you know for like hades like sounds exactly like james woods like woody and buzz like ed said both sound exactly like they should uh but it's so funny because there's a few characters that like do not have dialogue because it's very clear that they didn't want to spend the money on getting an imitator like they've had a guy to voice phil from Hercules in every Kingdom Hearts game. He's in two scenes in this game and doesn't say a word. And I'm like, that is so out of character. Like, he never shuts up. Just don't even put him in the scenes. What are you doing? And then uh, uh, Remy from Ratatouille is in it, too, and just doesn't talk, and they don't call him Remy. They call him Little Chef. And I'm just like, the whole point of that movie is that the rat can talk. Like, what are we doing here, Kingdom Hearts? They try to play it off as, like, he can only talk, like, only certain people can understand him or something like that. Like, I don't remember what, like, you just kind of had to go by code. It was, it it was very off. Like, that whole part uh, where he was interacting with Sora, Donald Goofy, and then with Scrooge, I was just like, why is he not talking? It feels weird. Now now I understand it. 
It's like they, they couldn't find a good enough Patton Oswalt impersonator, I guess. <laughs> Listen, Patton Oswalt is unique. You shut your mouth. No, I, I love Patton Oswalt. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very like... It, it's It's exactly what you expected if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you know? And, like, I think if if you're going in expecting it to, like, reinvent the wheel here, like, you're you're going in with the wrong set of expectations. If you just want more Kingdom Hearts, like, that's what we're going to get. And from, you know, the two friends I've spoken to who've beaten the game, uh, one of which is AJ. Um, Damn, already? What? Yeah. Dude, he took wow. a week. Listen, he took a week. He took ten days off of work. He actually planned a vacation since <laughs> October for this shit. My dude, he was. This is why nuts. we're best fucking friends. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man, that is dedication. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would so like the closest experience I have to something like that is like I waited like like twelve, thirteen years of StarCraft two, and I just made it work in between work. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't. But like, damn, I wish I could have taken off like ten days and like played that nonstop. Whoa. But yeah, what what I was saying is like everyone who I've talked to who's beaten the game says that it is like a really satisfying conclusion to like the Kingdom Hearts story and like that's really what I want out of it. Like if this is the last Kingdom Hearts game we ever get, I'm happy with that. You know? Uh and if not, like this feels like a good opportunity for them to like create the Kingdom Hearts Z you know, where it's like, let's start on a new storyline that doesn't have to do with the organization and Ansem and all this stuff that we've been talking about for literally, like, almost 20 years at this point. It's like, I'm I'm, I'm ready to move on from that and whatever that means, you know? Like, if that's a new story about Sora and Co., cool. If it's not, maybe that'll work too. We'll see, you know? But really, my only gripe with it, like, across the board is there's a few tweaks that they've made to the battle system that I really dislike, and I wish that I had more control in changing them. So, if you guys remember from the, uh, a lot of the preview stuff, there were, like, those ride, uh, things that they showed where it would be, like, you know, you're on, like, uh... Yeah, the the Disneyland attractions. Yeah, which... When they showed them, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I get it. Like, that feeds into the Disney of it all. But, like, in practice, they're just dumb. Like, I don't... They don't make sense. There's no explanation as to what they are or why they happen. And I don't like the way that they're constantly trying to, like, break up the battles. Because the battles are, like, the best part of Kingdom Hearts mechanically. So, like... There's this constant just interruption of, like, do you want to do the ride thing? And what I don't like about it is... You don't want to do the ride thing. I don't. And it's coupled with something that makes it frustrating. Because if it was as easy as me being like, no, I'm not interested, and I could just press circle and cancel it, or, like, turn them off as a mechanic so they just never come up, I would do that. But you can't, which is frustrating. But on top of that, there's also two other mechanics that they get in the way of. Or three, actually. So uh, every Kingdom Hearts game has had the ability for you to do, like, combo specials. You know, like, with some of the other characters. So, like, oh, like, you do a thing with, you know, like, Goofy, where, like, you, like, he gets behind you, you both leap in the air, and then you spin him and toss him, you know, and he, like, does, like, a ground pound that hits any enemies in the vicinity. Uh, and then there's also uh, Keyblade specials, where if you build up a combo with your Keyblade, you can unlock, like, secondary abilities, you know, that, oh, like... That's cool. Like, maybe put you in, like, a, um, like, the regular kingdom key does, like, a charge mode where, like, your, your attacks deal more damage and you have, like, a ranged attack as the end of your combo, stuff like that. Yeah. 
And then there's also an update to the magic mechanic where if you build up a combo by using magic, instead of, like, you, um... You know how, like, in every Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts game, there's, like, Fire, Fira, Firaga? Like, yeah, as, yeah. like, the, the <laughs> escalation the of the power? So instead of you just unlocking those, at least so far, instead of unlocking updates to those, those come from combos. So if I use, like, three things of fire, right, and then I build up my combo, I'll get a prompt to use another one that doesn't cost any mana, but it's more powerful, you know? So all every single one of those mechanics I just described are all triggered by you pressing triangle when a prompt comes. Oh, that's fucking terrible. And the, the, the thing that happens is they stack. So, like, if you do multiple at once, they all stack in a row. And the only way to activate it is by pressing triangle. They're all on a timer, but the timers are all different. So, like, if I get the stupid, you know, Disney World ride thing, and I don't feel like breaking it up and turning the game into a first-person shooter, which I never want to do, uh, I have to activate it, skip the cutscene, and then cancel it so that I can actually use the combos with the other characters or the combos that I've earned from physical or magic attacks. And it just fucks up the flow of what is otherwise a really smooth battle. It seems like they're trying, like- it seems like normally you have a game like an R- or an RPG that has like these, you know, standard action and magic mechanics, but to kind of throw cutscenes to kind of make it seem like, Hey guys, look at all these references or look at how beautiful our world is. It, just from what you're saying, it just kind of messes up the mechanic, especially just from my time with, you know, playing with AJ at the um, Toy Story World, just kind of seeing the same things over and over again, like him doing the, um, what were some of the things he did? Like the uh, the spinning carts or the um, the water ride, yeah. just seeing it like five times in a battle. It's kind of like overkill. Like I'm, just, I'm already tired of seeing it. Like I want to do something yeah. else. And to know that is a bitch and a half to not you know, to not want to do that and just rely on the simple mechanics makes it harder. And it's frustrating because there are other mechanics. Like, if you, if anybody has played the uh, 3DS Kingdom Hearts game, uh, which we made fun of the name of last week, Dream Drop Distance, um, they introduced this mechanic, I think it's called Flow, where, like, basically it allows you to, like, move through the environments more quickly by, like, doing dashes, and, like, if you dash into, like, um... Like a lamp post, for example. Like, you'll spin around it and then get another dash forward. So it just allows you to, like, navigate the world more quickly. Um, and I don't like those mechanics. But in Sora's character breakdown, like, his abilities, you can go and turn all those off. And, like, use that AP to get other abilities or do something else. So because I'm like, I don't like this, I don't like the way it feels, I just turned it off and it just feels like old school Kingdom Hearts. So, like, if it was as easy as me just being like, I don't like these, I'm turning them off... I'm done, that'd be fine. Like, if people like them, that's cool. But the fact that I have to deal with them and that they're regularly getting in the way of me just doing combat the way I want to do combat, it's annoying. And, like, that's really the only thing that I'm, like, going to ding it for, though. Like, on a mechanical level or, like, even, like, a story level because as dumb as some of the cutscenes and dialogue are, it's like, that's what Kingdom Hearts has always been and, like, that's part of the charm, you know? And like Sean said last week, there's nothing else that I give this pass to, but Kingdom Hearts gets it. I don't know why, but it does. It's just how I feel about it. So, uh, I'm loving Kingdom Hearts. I'm definitely going to have more to talk about next week. I imagine I'll have it beaten by then. Uh, and Sean will be back. We'll be able to chat about it. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll have, he'll have recovered from his concussion by that point and he'll be, have been able to play the game. 
But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, there'll be more Kingdom Hearts talk to come. That's fine. Go ahead. You're good. Also, I don't know if I'm going to mention this on the show, but, like, the one cutscene with the, uh, with Mickey and Riku talking, I'm like, why does Mickey sound like he's going through puberty? Like, why does he sound like an adult now? And I was just like, this doesn't feel like Mickey. It was so weird. It threw me off. Yeah, it's it's like very. Phil, maybe include this in the show because this is actually a good point. Yeah, um, just cut around the part where we said the shit. Um, so like, it's weird too because like when you're just in the like the worlds, like the Disney worlds, like it doesn't feel super dissonant. Yeah. Like the Toy Story world really just feels like you're playing through a Toy Story story yeah. that's new. It does, and that works. But when you have, like, Mickey, like, waxing philosophic about the nature of hearts <laughs> and darkness and, oh, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know about all this darkness, Riku. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, <laughs> all right, like, come on. You know, it, it, it feels weird. And well, not, it just not even the fact that he's doing that is weird. It's all, like, just kind of was mentioned, the pitch also. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 because it's not that weird when Donald and Goofy do yeah, it. Yeah, it's not, because they but sound Mickey, natural, because they sound like themselves. They sound like... Yeah. Donald and Goofy. Mickey is not Mickey. Well, we'll do it on the show. Um, just let me know when. Okay. Hey, you know what, Phil? Just cut that part in and put it right before the thing I said. Like where I'm like, this, we're going to talk about it more next week or whatever. It's a little more editing work for you, but it's going to sound more. <laughs> You're a good editor, so. Phil. Sorry, we buddy, believe in you. Thank you, Phil. They hate you and they want you to take this personally. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if I hated Phil, I'd tell him to his stupid face. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Okay. All right, so that's that's enough Kingdom Hearts talk for now. We'll we'll get back into that next week and uh, when Sean's returned and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll I'm sure there'll be more to say. Uh, but Ed, yes, you had uh, a little a little thing called Four in February that you're trying this month yes. again again yeah. Uh, that why, why do you let sure. let the kids at home know what 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 Four in February sure. is? Sure. So it's an annual. I, I forget what year it started. I think it was like in 2010. It was started by Joystick. If everybody remembers that gaming uh, news website, I think they were bought up by Engadget. Uh, but they started up a challenge called the Four in February. So you take the shortest month of the year, um, and the challenge is, hey, listen, we are all gamers, and we know we build up big backlogs i'm one of those myself i'm looking at my shelf right now and damn there's a lot of stuff there so why don't we take that time to kind of play the games we want we you know spend so much time not passing up on and not relying on the new releases so they started this program called four in february you take any four games it doesn't matter what era doesn't matter where they came from take the four games and the goal is to complete them whether it be 100 percent or just getting to the end um, by the end of the month. And then there's a Facebook page. Um, our friends from the Codex Prime podcast actually have that going right now. Um, so they sent out the uh, parameters around it. And a lot of us have just kind of started to finish by the end of the weekend picking our games so that way we can uh, trudge through through the rest of the month. Yeah, and uh, I, I I tried this last year mm-hmm. for the first time. I got invited back to do it again by the Codex guys. Uh, thank you very much for the tag. Uh, so I'm going to try and do this again. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted this to be our random question of the week. Kuh. Boys, what are the four games you'd like to try and beat in February? So they, uh-huh. Can I have them in progress already? 
Yes, that's fine. that is fine. Yeah. Okay. So I. So Ed, why don't you go first since you already got your sure? Thing? So I actually just posted it last night on the um, the thread for Codex Prime. So I ended up picking Resident Evil Two because I want to go through that. That's going to be definitely oh, yeah. uh, one of the things I want to do. Um, one is a free game from PlayStation Plus that I've always wanted to play, Iconoclasts, because that came Ooh, out, oh, okay. which was awesome. Um, Spyro 2, um, part of the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Hell yeah. Because um, I want to 100% that because I just 100% it um, the first Spyro. And I'm actually going to go to my bookshelf right now. There's actually one game that I feel like is forgotten about. And with the new one coming out this year, um, I want to go back to a great adventure game. This Let's fucking Mortal go. Kombat Shaolin oh. Monks is my fourth Hell game. Yeah. I played this all the time uh, when it came out. I was in college when it came out, and uh, my mom picked, pre-ordered it, picked it up for me, and it was awesome. Like literally, it killed a whole entire summer, um, and it was a blast. Like it's, I feel like it's kind of forgotten, um, but now, like you know, with Mortal Kombat going into more cinematic stories, I hope they do something like this again. Damn. So Solid picks. Those are my four. Iconoclast, Solid. Resident Evil, Spyro, and Spyro Shaolin Monks. Okay. There you go. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. it's a solid list, man. That's, that's legit. Good games on that one. So, Ando, what about you? You got any ideas, or do you want me to All go right, next? so I got some ideas, and let me just say, there's no way I'm going to get... I will finish maybe one of these games... But I'm gonna That's okay. say it now. That's what I did last yeah, year. I, did, yeah. <laughs> I got Tales of Vesperia, which I think oh, I yeah. crossed the halfway point in recently. At least it, you can beat that one. At yeah. least it feels like I crossed the halfway point. I got Red Dead Redemption Two, where I have no idea where I am in the story. I got Wargroove's campaign, and the last one that pushes this from unlikely to absolutely impossible is probably the only other real game I'm going to play this month is Etrian Odyssey Nexus on my 3DS, and that'll be like 150 hours of <laughs> game. So so what Andy has chosen is a 50-hour game he's halfway through, a 200-hour game he has no idea how far he's into, a brand new 100-hour JRPG, and then, what was the other one? Another 50-hour, 100-hour game? Nah, it was Wargroove. It's like 30 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wargroove's got like a 50-hour story, though. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, so that's a tall order, but I, th- I think you could. I think you can get at least like three of those done. Oh, I, I'm, I'm in law school, Pete. I have time to finish one of those, maybe. We'll see. You never know. You got you got through fifty percent of of tales pretty damn quick, man. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that was a, that was a very you know you're like wow I did didn't I, I? I neglected <laughs> a lot of things. It took something out of me, but I did it. It did. <laughs> it did. Oh, I'm going to add a secret fifth, because every month I hope that I will finish Kentucky Route Zero. Until <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh, it finally you, comes out. You poor bastard. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, uh, it'll be there at some point. Yeah, yeah. You, you got any ideas, Thompson, or you want me to go? Yeah, yeah, I have some ideas. So, ideally, I want to pick up and finish Wargroove. And I, I believe I can do that. I mean, pick it up, no problem. I believe I can finish it this month. Um, same deal with Resident Evil 2. I gotta buy that and beat it, but that is another game I'm ultra-hyped for, so I have no doubt that I'll just burn through that one as well. Um, I want to finish Battlefleet Gothic 2. There are three campaigns, and I'm on turn like 87 of both three campaigns. So I don't know when these things fucking end, but <laughs> good lord, I am far into them. And... Uh, that will at least be the single player shit done until uh, 
they release more. And fourth one's hard because I don't really know like what I'm like itching to do. Um, it's like there, there's like nothing else I have in a backlog. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you chew on that for a second. I think I'll give mine. I never finished XCOM 2's War of the Chosen, so that's Ooh. probably another hundred hours off because you know those games can be ridiculous. Yeah. I was far as hell into that, but I don't know how far that goes. So probably finished. Yeah, that's my backlog. fourth. There you go. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's a that's a fucking free throw right there. You know, <laughs> you can get to that one. Uh, so for me, um, I, I, I'm Kingdom Hearts three is gonna be on my list because like I only played it for like a day in January, so it's like I'm gonna give myself the pass on that yeah. one. Um, so then I'm, I'm gonna do that. Uh, my other choice is West of Loathing, oh, yeah. which is uh, that indie like stick. Uh, drawn Western that came to Nintendo Switch and I believe other platforms last it's on, year. It's on Steam, too. Okay. And uh, that was one I really wanted to play that I missed out on and it was on sale this week, so I grabbed that and was like, perfect for in February. Oh, game. that's one of the funniest games that exists. It's not super long. Either, no, it's like right? eight, nine hours. Perfect, yeah. And so then you'll go back really, and replay it as the other classes, but... Yeah. But but for the sake of this uh, <laughs> this thing, I can just beat it once and be like, I did it, it's there over. There you go. Uh, the other game I'm throwing on my list is the second episode of Life is Strange 2. Um, I think normally I wouldn't count, like, one episode of an episodic game like that. But they're pretty long. They're, yeah, they're like, they, especially this one, they're like three hours each. Um, I mean, the last one was at least three and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was like three or four hours. So, like, that's pretty substantial. So I'm throwing that one on the list. Uh, and then this one is like my like long Hail Mary. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. I really want to finish that game, and I know I have so much left. I'm surprised like, you haven't. I'm going to give it the shot. I'm, yeah. I'm very well, surprised. I, I, I got in a, a bad rhythm with it where I was playing it every single day and was super into it, and then I had to go away for like two weeks in December and like fell out of it, mm. and then it was the thing of like, do I like I, I have to sit down and reorient where I am and it's like and the new games are coming out and it's it just got away from me mm-hmm. so I'm very excited to get back to it once I'm done with Kingdom Hearts so that's gonna be my next one so I, I think I can do these four I think I can definitely do the three we'll see how I do on, uh, on Red Dead 2 <laughs> so yeah that's our that's our four in February if you guys are interested in taking part in the event as well let us know uh, what games you're thinking about playing hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com get us in those comments down below or hit us up on Twitter for our sister show's handle at the comics pals and uh, let us know what you're thinking and while you're at it if you want to help the show remember that you can go give us a like on your audio podcasting platform of choice head over to our YouTube channel and uh, give this you know this video a like a share a subscribe all that stuff. And uh, as Sean likes to say over on the Comics Files, it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. So we would greatly appreciate it if you are appreciating what we are doing out here, that you uh, get out there and spread the word and help uh, more people join us here on this wild ride. So with that, I guess that means it's time for... That's how you know how many times Ed's been on the show. Like, he, he can clap out the rhythm to our, our news jingle. <laughs> I'm just way aware 50, of it. <laughs> 50 Bucks says that Phil leaves that in the show instead of the bumper. Oh, please That's like do. Phil does every time we do a fun fake segue. Perfect. <laughs> I gotta say, Phil's getting a lot of play on this podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, he deserves the shout, man. Yeah. He edits the show every week, so I don't have to. <laughs> what a good guy. All right. So, we've got a really, really great uh, collection of news this week. I'm a lot sorry, of which I'm really excited to second. dive into. <laughs> what? Sorry, Steven took a nap on the heater and just woke up and was like, <laughs> <laughs> Steven is Andy's cat, not his roommate, just so you know. <laughs> Listen, man, he really wants the heat. Look, it's cold outside. What do you want to do right it's, now? It's cold outside. Our heater's been weird. But yeah, sorry. He just made like the funniest sound. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's okay. I'm never against having cute cat mentions on this show. People on the internet love it. Yep. Uh, so, uh, first up on the news list this week, Piranha Plant has joined the Smash roster. And, uh, unfortunately, if you missed the free period to pick him up, if you're an idiot and didn't register your copy, or you've somehow not picked up Super Smash Brothers yet, uh, he is additional, yeah, you fool. Um, (laughs) he is now available, uh, for $5 on his own, uh, which, you know, he's, he's not gonna be a part of, like, a... Uh, fighter pass pack or whatever so like even if you got the the season pass for smash you do have to buy him separately so uh that's a little unfortunate but um i haven't gotten a chance to play him yet but i have played against him several times now uh last night i was doing some co-op online with uh with me and andy's buddy mike uh, and I had not done that yet, so I was excited to give it a shot. And oh my god, I encountered what must be one of the best Piranha Plant players already. Because the character's been out for like two days, and this guy was messing us up. <laughs> I mean, is it the he's fact that... Yeah, I was going to say, is it the fact that it's per, like he's a great Piranha Plant and somehow learned it in two days? Or is it the fact that somehow Piranha Plant's damage is just so like... He has so much damage output on most of his moves. I think it's a little both because the like as much as he was just hitting me hard, he he pulled off a move where so we're on like a, a battlefield. I don't remember what map it was, but it was like the battlefield mm-hmm. version of it. And I got knocked off the map, and I'm uh, I was Ridley. Okay, so I had the ability to like fly back up. Yep. He jumped off the level and got to like the bottom of the screen, down smashed me, and then flew back up and didn't die. Yeah, it's just like ooh, he's like his off his off uh, level play was brutal. Yeah, Plant is. I don't think gonna stay as strong as the Plant feels right now because like it's new and nobody knows how to play against it yet. Yeah, but let me tell you, it's super duper satisfying to charge up the uh, the down B where it pulls back and is like, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's He's so just a satisfying. Really personal move set. Yeah. Um, also very weird and like goofy looking, and I'm here for it. I'm about it. Yeah. Like in the same way that like I was like, oh, I'm gonna main Isabel. I'm like, I gotta learn how to play plant. Like he- he's gonna be my dude. <laughs> Especially because Simon's my main, and his recovery's garbage. So it'll be great to play a character who has, like, really good damage potential and a good recovery. Because right now I have two characters that I main, and one of them is both missing the other. Oh, no. <laughs> and plus, look but for yeah, all so- the style that Piranha Plant's missing to just have been saved for the Joker budget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Put Persona 5 on the Switch, you guys, please. 
but yeah, so I'm really excited to spend some more time with Piranha Plant. Um, I don't have too many other takes beyond that, but like he seems really cool and fun and like a really solid addition to the roster. So uh, if you haven't gone and updated Smash yet or you've been you know not playing for a while, um, yeah, go check him out. Also, check out the Nintendo website. They actually posted the um, balance changes that they did for almost every character, too. So every character, almost every character has at least something different about them. Yeah, they made some pretty major updates to a few too. Like I know, like they they dealt out a pretty serious nerf to King K. Rool's recovery, which like it was about. Time. Yeah, absolutely, it was, it was about not time. about time. K. King K. Rool's not that good, but his recovery was ridiculous. Yes, but as a whole, King K. Rool didn't need nerfs. <laughs> I don't even play him. I just don't like it when people complain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it when people complain. No, it's my that's job. Some, that's the Okay, okay. I get it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving right along. Uh, we got announcements for two um, Nintendo mobile games. Mario Kart Tour has been delayed past its original release window of by the end of March 2019 to a summer 2019 release date to, quote, increase the quality of the game. So if you were looking forward to Mario Kart on mobile, uh, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But we did also get the announcement of Dr. Mario Mobile, uh, which is supposed to be coming as well in uh, early early summer 2019 global release. Uh, so what do you guys think about about both of these announcements? Like, Do you care about Mario Kart on mobile? Do you think that's going to be good at all? Completely forgot that they were even making a Mario Kart because I thought they just kind of abandoned mobile after like Super Mario Run was kind of like good but then forgotten um so i completely forgot that mario kart tour was a thing um dr mario's cool but it's not but i feel like if you're gonna put a puzzler game on there that's kind of like the one that mario fans will like but not a lot of people will like maybe like a if they put pokemon puzzle league on mobile done absolutely i would have played that more (laughs) um but i think mario kart could be an interesting one because a lot of people play those like mobile racer games like asphalt gt which is really popular on ios so if it's something like that, then I can see this blowing up. Yeah, I think, personally, I'm more excited about Dr. Mario because I think it's just going to translate to mobile better. Like, puzzle games work well on a phone. I just, I don't know what, like, a Mario Kart on mobile is going to look like, you know? But, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm always willing to give Nintendo enough rope to hang themselves with these games. Like, I try every one of them, and... You know, even the ones that I've enjoyed don't keep my attention for very long just because, like, mobile games are just not deep enough for me, especially when I have a Switch. Um, But I'm going to give both of these a shot. I think Dr. Mario is going to be the one that I connect with more. I honestly do not care about either of these at all. There's a 0% chance I play them. If they're good, I'm happy for Nintendo. But mobile games are not my jam. I, I pretty much just play card games on my phone, and I've got a Switch, so for me, like, uh, I'd play Mario Kart on the Switch, and, you know, hey, I, I always wish Nintendo the best of luck. Uh, and I also forgot they were making these, so... Um, well, Dr. Mario was a new announcement, so... Well, see, I didn't even know. That's what I mean, like, I forgot the first one, so it sounded brand new to me. It's like, for all I know, they could be making a third one, you know, that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> I, I don't really care about the mobile market as much as I guess I should, but yeah, I just play card games mostly. Nah, I mean, I don't blame you. Like, there's, honestly, I think there's one mobile game I've ever played that I really think was worthwhile, and it was the one I talked about last week, Florence. Yeah, yeah. It's like the only, 
experience I've ever had on a phone where I'm like, this is excellent, you know? Granted, there are some games I've played that started on phones that were fun, you know, like, on a console, so it's like, I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, all mobile games are trash, but in general, that market just really doesn't speak to me, because, like, they're not aimed at people like us, you know? Yeah. They're aimed at people that don't really play video games otherwise, for the most part, so... You know, we'll see how these turn out. At the end of the day, uh, I agree that, like, I just want to see Nintendo seed in this space because there's money there, and money that they make on mobile games is good for Nintendo, you know, and good for the future of the stuff we actually care about. You know, like, oh, it's it's not going to hurt us to start development over on Metroid Prime 4 because we made, like, a freaking billion dollars on uh, that freaking Fire Emblem game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, they did. So, you know. Uh, we'll see how these turn out. We'll talk about them when they come out. Um, I will definitely try them, so I'll have takes for you. Uh, so next up, this is a really interesting story in the ongoing saga of the Epic Game Store. Uh, Metro Exodus has made the announcement that it will only release on the Epic Game Store, uh, but Steam pre-orders that have already been made will be uh, honored. So this is the first time we've seen a game that was being offered on Steam now getting like taken down, you know, and it's only going to be on uh, on the epic store which is really interesting yeah um, yeah i'm convinced it's still gonna come to steam and shit later on i think it's a timed exclusive for the epic store like there I there isn't a, is. a clear word on that right now so yeah. uh where, where we're at right now right uh and I'm, I'm pulling from pc gamers article on the subject by samuel roberts uh it says that metro exodus will release quote solely on the epic game store when it launches on february 15th Epic and publisher Deep Silver have revealed today, um, where we also had that same news like a uh, like earlier this month that like the Division Two was going to be coming as like part of a multi-game exclusive agreement from Ubisoft. So it's like we're seeing more and more like relevant titles come here as an exclusive platform, um, which is interesting, right? And then they had an update. Uh, from a press release from Deep Silver that explained that the game uh, will... So you're right, Thompson. It will come to Steam a year later. A year? Oh, my God. Yeah. February 2020. So that's that's a pretty big gap. Oh, my uh, God, dude. And then there, there was one last update to the story. An FAQ uh, on the move from Steam to Epic says that the people who ordered a physical edition of Metro Exodus will not be affected, saying you'll receive your packaged game with a key allowing you to play... And uh, it doesn't specify whether the key will be for Steam or for the Epic Game Store. But um, but then uh, they did come to Twitter later and specify that it will only be for an Epic key. So, like, if you pre-ordered the Steam thing, like, you're going to have it honored, but it seems like you're going to have to go play on, on Epic Store. Hmm. Which is wild. And obviously a lot of people were upset about this. Yeah, um, yeah. But... You know, I think it's pretty interesting. And then just one last little update here. THQ Nordic uh, took to Twitter and, like, kind of explained their position on it, where they said, The decision to publish Metro Exodus as a timed Epic Store exclusive was made entirely on Koch Media's side, as Metro is their intellectual property. They are a sister company of THQ Nordic Vienna, which is the reason why we can and will not comment on this matter. We do not want the, to categorically exclude the possibility of timed exclusives for any of our games in the future, but speaking in the here and now, we definitely want to have players choose the platform of their liking and make our portfolio available on as many outlets as possible. Thank you. So, really, really interesting story here, and speaks to how much 
money Epic is willing to throw behind the Epic's game store to try and, like, make it a thing. So what do you guys think about this? Like, do you feel like this is a big, big move for them that they are doing these things? Do you like understand the anger from the people that did pre-order it on steam? Like what's, what's your reaction to this story? I think the, the I guess I'll, I'll say this much on, I guess the thing about it is we've been talking about the Epic game store a lot in terms of like, you know what it could be. And I know they picked up the division two. That was supposed to be the big, like triple a like coup. But I guess to follow it up with, with THQ Nordic and with Metro Exodus, it seems like, okay, hey, T- uh, Epic Game Store picked up another one. They're still trying to throw money out there for bigger games. But it just still doesn't seem like the Epic Game Store is getting that big, splashy game that um, will make people want to leave Steam for it. Nor do we know what we still don't know what the service really is like that I'm aware of, at least. So I'm not sure what it's going to be like. Um, I think it's kind of a shame that you have to kind of almost like segregate the PC market to have like one store try to monopolize a lot of the bigger games going forward. Um, yes, you could say that Steam is mon- is kind of like a monopoly, but there are still other ways to buy, like EA Origin, Uplay, whatever. So it's not like it's impossible to buy games like everywhere. Gog. Yeah, but just to say, just to have this Epic Games come around and say, "Here's all this Fortnite money we just got. Let's do- let's go start scooping up all these big names and let's start making our own like individual platform because that's what people want." seems misguided and seems very rushed and i may i did mention that when we discussed um ubisoft with the division two it just seemed like it it was a move that came out of nowhere but it seemed like a rash decision to say if we can make all this money off of one game then why can't we do it partnering up with other franchises now and i don't think we're there yet i think we just got to kind of slow down or at least epic you know the epic game store and what they're planning on doing kind of needs to slow down their process um, because after a while, you're going to alienate PC, and some people will be like, wait, I can only buy on Epic Games, but sometimes their service is bad, and this, this, and that, and the other, and, there's still, and there may be a Fortnite stigma tied to it. I'm just going to stick to either whatever's on Steam, or maybe even go to console. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, to further add something, Pete, that um, uh, I, I, it didn't come up, the uh, creator the Metro series or whatever the people behind this one, right? Uh, not THQ, whatever um, name it is. I don't have it handy right now. Um, there's been like, he, one of the people uh, spoke out about this incident and basically said like, just, just get the, just, just install the installer on Epic and just do it there. Like, what's your problem essentially? So he's also gotten the game to have uh, a little bit of attention for that. Like some backlash has come part of this. I think, isn't just because it's on Epic, it's because the way that the developer was like, just do it, like, get over it. Because um, certainly, like, I'm I'm definitely uh, in the camp, like, you know, games should be, everyone should have access to them. Sucks that it's going to be on Epic for a year. I really wanted to play this. I guess I'm going to have to get the, this is the thing that makes me get Epic's installer, you know, and really go for it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... I, I totally get the outrage, man. Like, especially if you had a copy of this pre-ordered, like, you wanted to play it on Steam, you bought it there, you pre-order, you put money in for it, and you're going to get it somewhere else. That feels like you're getting the rug pulled out from under you with literally, like, no benefit. You know, there's no... Th- this isn't, like... The time-exclusive thing doesn't really suck that much for most things, but when it's something you're saying, basically, like, you're not getting it early, you're just getting it... Like, everyone else is going to get it later. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's weird... I don't know how that makes more money for you, you know? So, um, 
it, it doesn't seem like a smart move for this game either. Um, I don't know. I I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna defend this decision and say, who fucking cares? I agree. Yeah, I'm with like, you. Like, if that, you really want to play this game, play the fucking game. Nobody's stopping you. You don't have to pay extra money to get the Epic Store. It's a 30 second download. Like, get the yeah, it's, fuck it's, over yourself. It's free, right? Like, I, I totally understand if you already pre ordered it. If you already pre ordered it, you're still going to get it on Steam. And it, it just, like, it very much to me feels like, like, I, I don't. I don't understand why people are so upset about the prospect of segmenting their PC library. Like, yeah, maybe it's a little bit annoying, but it's like, it's all still on your PC, and it's the difference of, oh, I have this game on the Epic Store, I'll click the shortcut on my desktop, and it'll open the Epic Store instead of Steam. You know, it's like, I, I just don't, I don't get the outrage, you know? Well, like, like I said, I think part of the outrage came from the developer being callous about it. I don't think that they handled it well, and that might have pe- that might have made people... Why should they have to handle it well, though? Like, because there was a little bit of... It, look, people are going to get mad over anything anyway, right? I'm just saying that you don't go poke them for it, you know? I think that that's the response that the developer may have like triggered a more uh, loud response than usual. I think that's fair in terms of if we're talking, like, good PR strategy. I agree, like, you don't poke the bear. Yeah. But in the I, same breath, it's like, I just don't get why people are this bent out of shape over it. Because people get bent out of shape over everything. I'm just saying, like, I... This is I an understand where people are getting mad. Like, I've got like ten launchers on my desktop, and I don't want to have to remember every fucking password being different and stuff all the time. It gets annoying sometimes. Sometimes you just want to play it on Steam. That's all. I was looking forward to playing on Steam. It's an easier service for me to use. I don't want to have to go make a stupid Epic account, but now I got to do that. So it's an inconvenience at best. I'm not like outraged about it, but like if I pre-ordered on Steam, I'd be fucking pissed right now. Why? So, it, because I you, wanted to play it there, and I put you money down to play it on there. Steam. You still get it on Steam. It's not the same. It's no, it's it is like, absolutely the same. Like, not, it will man. go on your Steam account. You will have it on Steam. Other people won't get it on Steam. Like, there's not... Yeah, but you, it, you don't have the same support for it. What if there's an issue or something? Like, they're not going to... No, it, they, it's, they've it's, said if you pre-order it on Steam and put money down, we're still going to, like, give it full support. But if you're buying it moving forward, you have to do will. it through Epic. I don't know. They're going to look at a very... I don't know. I don't know. I just... Whatever, I'd be so mad. I'm saying, like, like, I feel like it's just like it's a it's a gut reaction. Yeah, like, if it's you pre order it on like, Steam, well, I want it on Steam. It literally like, doesn't impact you. And it's also just like you're like you're still playing it on your PC. It's gonna run exactly the same. Like it's gonna be the same game no matter what launcher it comes out of. But I don't know. Like that's 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 how I feel about it. Like I'm not saying you're wrong to feel that way. It's just like I I don't I don't understand why that matters. I think maybe it's because it's also a game like Metro Exodus, which is still to to some markets of the gaming industry, a franchise that has kind of gone like unnoticed, I guess, even though they've released yeah, Metro sure. 23 and Metro Last Light. Like you kind of know about them, but you don't really. Um, yes, you can make the re-releases and everything else like that, but you still kind of don't know about it. So it's still kind of like a indie type of game. And usually with something like that, like even though THQ is a AAA studio, it's not really like a AAA studio because um, you don't really hear about them too often, except for like it's like double, double A. a. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe it's just more the ownership of like a studio like that trying to you know and their fan base saying, hey, listen, Steam is accessible everywhere. The support and the larger growth base of the Steam you know workshop 
with mods and with other support that you normally get through Steam or even Steam achievements, which I don't even think Epic Games has even discussed was being supported yet. People care about that stuff. But now you don't have that as far as I, we know with the Epic Game Store. So that that's kind of also that market like, hey, listen, you're a smaller studio. Why try to follow along with the big guys thinking that all the money is in Epic when it may or may not be, regardless of whether you're going mean, to buy the game or not? The thing of it is, though, I think like that's a good point, but I think that's actually a better reason for why it makes sense for Epic to make this move. Because Metro is a less popular series. It's never going to do huge numbers, but... Epic probably gave them a pretty nice payday for making it a timed exclusive, which means that, like, who knows how much of their development costs they were able to cover based on that deal before they even sell one copy of the game. You oh, know? I understand. Like, financially, it's super difference. smart for them. I get it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad decision. I just think the only thing that sucks is that it's just not going to be on Steam, like, early on. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, pissed about that. I'm just saying the only thing that would bug me, I, I, maybe I didn't make myself very clear. I wasn't angry about any of this stuff. I think they really poked him just for some reason. Just when people feel angry on the internet, the slightest thing ticks him off, and then the guy comes out and says something negative about people saying it, and it's it's just going to set everyone off. Because people are irrational as shit with that kind of crap. So I think that it's just an overreaction to something that was that was benign at best. You know, the time thing kind of sucks, whatever. Like, like I said, I'll have to get the epic thing now. But, like... That's what they want. I know, so it's what know? they wanted. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. But it does kind of suck knowing that like you won't have the mods and stuff on it from the Steam Workshop, that kind of stuff. I don't know if it have Workshop access. I assume it would, because this is the kind of game that works very well with that. And you might have to go to like ModDB or something. It's just like laying laying an extra step on little things when you're like, oh, I could just click on Steam and do it. All right, I gotta go make this sort of thing. Uh, it, it's an inconvenience for me. The only thing that would bug me is if I had a pre-order there. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a mild inconvenience, you know. But like, you know, I think like it's funny because it's very simple. Like, what they're trying to do now is very similar to how Steam became ubiquitous, right? Like, yeah, for everybody sure. wanted to play Half Life Two, so they had to download Steam, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is this shitty yeah, storefront?" Yeah, that's from how Valve? these things start. I mean, it makes yeah. perfect sense. You know, they're they're definitely getting their their eggs in a basket, and they're going to see how far they can go with this. And I think the thing of it is too, right? That like. You know, just using you as an example, right, Thompson? You want to play Metro, so this is going to force you to download the Epic Store so you can play Metro, and then you'll have the Epic Store account, and you'll see, oh, they're giving away these two free games a month? I'll take those two free games. Wow, I'm starting to build out a library here. You know, maybe I will use this when there's a better deal, or they're giving me a better sale, or whatever, and like... This is how it starts. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. And we, we talked about how, like, the Epic Store is more friendly to developers. They get a better cut. So if you get to a point where you're using the Epic Store just as much, like, why wouldn't you start buying games there? And, like, I think uh, a real positive about this for Metro and consumers of Metro is that it's 10 bucks cheaper on the Epic Store than it was on Steam. Yeah, it's only 50 bucks instead of 60 So you're also saving money, and they're getting a big bigger cut. So, I I think I think this is the thing that people are mad about because it's new and it's different. But ultimately, like the Epic Store being successful is only going to benefit consumers. It's going to make Steam have to try harder. Because, like Ed said before, like they've had basically a monopoly on PC gaming for like what ten years longer. Well, At least really, since when I know, was in college, like two thousand four. During, during yeah. the PC gaming is dead times, is a short what. Less than you know, less than ten years ago, they were the reason that people attributed to that it came back. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, and I think that's a good point. So 
I don't know. I am happy to see Epic being aggressive. You know, I, I think I, I do agree with Ed's assessment that, like, I feel like maybe they're doing a little too much all at once because people still aren't, like, sold on the idea of it. But the thing is, this this is a thing where they're going to win this this battle by, like, death by a thousand cuts to Steam. You know, it's not going to be the one big thing that makes everybody come over. It's like, oh, you cared about the division on PC? You got to play it here first. Oh, you want Metro? Got to play it here first. And I think little by little, they're going to get more people to realize that there's value in the Epic Store. And eventually it's just going to be another ubiquitous thing. And it's going to be the competitor that Steam probably needs. Oh, they they, they need one. It, and they're going up against the Titan. So they're going to yeah, have Ep- to have Epic's the only people with the resources to really do it. Right. They're going to have to have the defeat and detail strategy to make this work. And if that's what they need to do, that's what they need to do. It's going to be really interesting when they pull a AAA title and, and do this though and see I mean the Division 2 is a big one, man. I mean and, like it's not the game though that's going to like I'm not shitting on it. It's not the game that's going to sway the masses. I'm saying I, like a game I think the Division 2 is bigger than you're giving it credit for. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> the Division had a really really huge uh install base when it was lit and like people are excited for division two like i think it's it's a bigger game than we give it credit for and the fact that they have a multi-game deal with ubisoft means that like the next assassin's creed is probably going to be epic store exclusive you know or like the next yeah that's whatever that's what i'm interested to see in what one of those titles like the really big ones do we shall see but it's it's certainly it's certainly an interesting story and like it's been fun to watch it develop because like epic's clearly hungry and I'm excited to see, like, what this means for them and what Steam's response to all this is going to be. Because I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing these kinds of announcements coming out from Steam where they're trying to lock down people as windowed exclusives as well. Yeah. I think the thing with with Steam's position is, like, a lot of the crying about this I've seen is, Oh, Exclusives! Is Steam doesn't have to say, like, this is exclusive. Steam can just say, like, hey, don't put it on Epic. And they won't. And nobody will be like, oh, it's weird that this isn't on Epic. That's true. Yeah, it's it's much different when, like, Epic's the new kid yeah, on the block. Yeah, when Steam has, like, has their position so the default is Steam. It's, like, it's something to watch, I think. Yeah. I agree. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how it develops, but I think more and more Epic is proving to me that they like they give a shit about this fight and that they're not just doing this as like a oh, this is a thing we're trying. It's like I really think they want to make it as ubiquitous as Steam. And I'm okay with Chelsea. Yeah, so moving right along, uh something that I think we'll all probably be on the same page on. Uh, we got a announcement trailer for a new Dragon Ball game called Project Z. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the final title for it, but uh, you guys all got a chance to check out this trailer, right? Yeah, yeah. So this looks fresh. These graphics are like really tight, and it looks like we're going through kind of the story of Dragon Ball Z, like in a more traditional like single player game, which is something that I don't really feel like we've ever done. Except for, like, the legacy of Goku games on the Game Boy Advance. Don't laugh about the legacy of Goku. Yeah, I was gonna say. No, they're tight, but this is obviously a lot different than that. <laughs> so, what did, you, what, what did you guys think about this? I know, I know, Sean, you, or, Andy, you and Sean talked about this, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When, when the rest of us were away. Yeah, um, so a couple weeks ago, uh, 
this was announced that they were going to announce it, and then they did, like, right after we recorded last week's show. But, like, I honestly, I really wish it was something that wasn't exactly what it is. You mean, like, not just going through the Dragon Ball Z storyline? Yep. Honestly, that's like, what Xenoverse was. Yeah, I mean, it was Xenoverse was that, but it. you got to make your own character. I think yeah, this one's yeah. just going to be like your Goku, and you beat up your way through the Saiyan saga and the Cell saga and the Frieza saga, and maybe you'll fight Boo again. again. But like, either come up with your own story. Like, give me a side story about Krillin as a cop, or like what's going on on Earth. <laughs> In those couple years between when they or when Goku kills Frieza and when Goku shows up, but like, or or just give me Dragon Ball, like no Z. I would love that. Yeah, like let me fight Yamcha and then turn Yamcha into my friend. I'll take an entire game about destroying the Red Ribbon Army. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's fine. That'd be great. I mean, dude, it writes itself, but. <laughs> Well, no, Akira Toriyama wrote it, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, I... want to be excited for this game, and who knows, maybe it'll, like, play really well or be really cool, but... Eh. The initial pitch is not doing it for not you? Not at all. I think for me, I'm excited about it because I didn't play Xenoverse, and I haven't played a Dragon Ball Z game since, like... At least on a story-driven one, since, like, Budokai. Okay. Where it was the same kind of thing. So, I I have a lot of nostalgia for Dragon Ball Z, but it's one of those things that when you do go back and try to, like, rewatch it, it's a, kind of a slog. So, like, I really liked Kai when they did that, because it was like, oh, here's, like, the important parts, and it's, like, actually digestible. So, getting to, like, go and play through those storylines again in a video game, like, feels like a way better way for me to, like, scratch that Dragon Ball Z itch, you know? Okay. And since it's been so long for me, like, it is a thing where I'm like, I could do this again, you know? I I think I could get into this. So this this trailer was exciting for me. But I think, how many times are we going to scratch the Namek, Frieza, Cell saga? Like, that's the thing about it. We've been riding this nostalgia wave of Dragon Ball Z for so long, just because, yeah. yes, though that those story arcs like changed a lot in terms of like those who got into anime and those who got into like tsunami and stuff like that back in the or late late nineties, early two thousands. Um, then you had the Budokai games who did that as well. You had Dragon Ball Fighters that kind of touched on it in bits and pieces here and there. Tenkaichi. Tenkaichi as well, like Xenoverse also touched on that. So I think to do an RPG type Dragon Ball is, I think the pitch is there. But kind of what you guys, what Andy was mentioning earlier, I think they picked the wrong arc. Just because why do we need to revisit the same arc? I think if we had done something with like the original Dragon Ball or GT or even the newer sagas like we're doing right now with Dragon Ball Super, something like that maybe, and kind of go into a little more and exploring it, I think would be great because it almost feels like with Dragon Ball, when we do those three same sagas, it feels like we're still touching on the same nostalgia that Star Wars does, where we're still all we talk about really is the original trilogy and nothing more. We're with that right now with Dragon Ball, where all we talk about are the same three sagas. We only show off story modes involving the same three sagas. Give me an original story or give me a backstory on something that we like a DBZ extended universe. Give us something like that instead of 
retreading out what made things popular because if you think you're going to get new fans by doing that, you're not going to. You're only going to get the same people and they might even tune out and just stick with fighters because, hey, look, Videl just came out as DLC. They're doing a second season pass. I'm just going to stick with that mm-hmm. now. Why go into an RPG if I'm only going to do something that I've already done in fighters, basically? Ben, I'm with you on 90% you know, of that, that, but the further we stay from GT, the better in my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, likewise, like when I was watching the trailer for this, I literally thought these cutscenes were from the other games because I had seen the scenes so many times across all these games, like Frieza picking up, like that cell shaded thing. I feel like they literally recycled it from some other, like I played Xenoverse 1 and 2, and I swear I saw that scene in there. Like, it wasn't even new. Like, that was last gen, Thompson. This is the new gen. Xenoverse 2 was not last gen. Get out of here. <laughs> that shit was like last year at best. I don't even remember when it came out. It's new as fuck. But my point is that if you wanted an experience in this world and have these sagas done, Xenoverse 1 and 2 was perfect for it because you got to make your character. They expanded. They added new characters, which made sense. There was a reason to go back and do these like weird, like, you know, oh, why was like your character there when Trunks was going to kill Frieza? Well, all right. Then they actually fucking fit it all in. And I thought it was it was amazing. Like, I got to have that nostalgia with an expanded universe with my fucking character. Like, it's brilliant. And then to, like, say we had those two games and then come out and be like, now you're Goku. I mean, I don't want to be Goku. <laughs> like, like I think I, I mean it's not really like a like, problem with him, but like I've done this and I've done yeah, this better I, before, and like I, I thought that it was the same scenes. Even I, I get know. where you guys are coming from. I think it's just like I don't really like fighting games that much. So but it's like, going to be a fighting game. I mostly. haven't picked any. Well, but it's like it's an RPG. It seems. Yeah, like. but so is the universe. I'm saying you had stats, you built them up, but then you had the fights. You know what I'm saying? Like. It, I, I literally see this as like a watered down Xenoverse two or, or even one at this point, because it's like I don't you're think just that's fair. We didn't see any gameplay like, yet, and I swear you can't do much more than what they did. Like, well, you don't know that though. Like you said, like we haven't seen much of it. Like they had that scene where they were like showing Goku walking around. It's like, what if it's like an open world game? You the, know? Like, the, the, that's that to me is way more appealing than like let's do another fighting game. But they or couldn't another do fighting style that open world with a better like, i don't know not a better but like a unique setting and something i just i don't know like it's it's so tired at this point you know like i don't want to be on namek ever again like <laughs> i will agree that i would rather it be dragon ball i'll give you that i would i would I literally know. rather oh. even go gt oh, at this point i'm not heart. even kidding i hate gt no. but if we did the first chunk with baby vegeta even just cut it off there before it even turns into the golden monkey that's fine we'll just do some F2 shit with that thompson dude like i don't even yeah. care like I don't want to do this again. <laughs> Get me off I'm the ride. I'm surprised. I really didn't think that this was going to be such a divisive topic. I thought we were going to be like, cool trailer, let's move on. Just make it, it a super surprise. game, but I'd I'm be surprised. into it. Yeah, like I said, that's fine. Cool, cool. I get where you guys are coming cool from. Cool pitch, wrong story. That's the, that's the summary right there. Yeah. Any of Super would have been great. You could put Dragon Ball. You could put just, just man, just like get out of here. Like, I'm done. I'm done with Namek. <laughs> I'll kill Cell again. I'll kill Freeze again. But like, god damn it, do I have to? Fair enough. I, I, I definitely see where you guys are coming from. So, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see more about this as it develops and as we get more information about it. But I'm definitely interested in this one. I guess I'm alone on that. Plays the universe. <laughs> nah. Wow. Okay. It's, just more, it's just that. Talk about more of the same. That game was just Tenkaichi again. No, it like, wasn't. It was. 
No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh my god, no, it wasn't. It's just like, oh, make an original character. I don't want to do that, dude. Like, I... you hadn't played. It's it's not just Tenkichi. That's that's not fair. No. <laughs> well, whatever. You're literally saying that about a game we don't even know anything about yet. So like, we're in the same boat here. You know, like it's just Namek different sides again. of the argument. That's what I'm saying. Everything Namek but Namek. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just like my tagline, like never again, Namek. I don't know, just like yeah, just start that movement. Never again, Namek. I'm down. I'll sign yeah. any petition you do for that. I'm in. I'll do it. The best thing about the show is when it blew up. Damn it! <laughs> red hot, red hot takes, boys. That's, but all right, I respect it. I respect it. Frieza did um, the galaxy right. service. <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll be on the same page on this next story. We'll see how it goes. So uh, this story is really interesting because it, it, like, leaked on Twitter and then, like, just kept compounding. But apparently, um, up, like, on Monday, there's going to be a new free-to-play Titanfall Battle Royale game cool. that's on the way. Uh, so I am going to be pulling from Jason what an actual real video games journalist uh, Schreier's article on the piece over on Kotaku, uh, where he kind of sums up all the information that is available right now. So, a new Titanfall spinoff is in the works, and it'll be out sooner than anyone could possibly guess. In fact, internet rumors and word from our own sources suggest that it'll be out this Monday. The game isn't officially announced yet, but word leaked out this morning, which was yesterday, thanks to esports journalist Rod Breslau. 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 As Brelau uh, reported today, it's called Apex Legend and will be out on Monday for PC, Xbox, and PS4. It's a free-to-play battle royale that, interestingly, won't let you use Titan mech suits that make Titanfall so iconic. I'm out. You'll have a supernatural MOBA-like hero abilities and play either solo or in a team of three as you battle other players for delicious chicken dinners. We've heard all of those same details. A tipster sent me some info about Apex Legends early last month. Quote, it plays like Titanfall mixed with Overwatch and Blackout from Call of Duty Black Ops 4. They told me at the time, and from what we've heard, publisher EA held an event for streamers and YouTubers this week to show off the game, which is likely how the news leaked. Here's another interesting tidbit. As I was reporting on EA's purchase of Titanfall developer Respawn in the fall of 2017, a move that was forced by a Nexon bid for the studio and may have been directly connected to the closure of Visceral, I heard from a Respawn source that Titanfall 3 was well into development and that the studio had been looking to release it by the end of 2018. The rationale, that source said, was that the game's underlying technology was starting to feel dated and that Titanfall 3 might not feel or look as good if it came out too much later. Like the previous two Titanfall games, Titanfall 3 used a modified version of Valve's... Yeah, me neither. I had no idea that was... That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. insane. That's crazy. Um, Perhaps the studio decided to switch engines for Titanfall 3, releasing Apex Legends, which is also reportedly on Source, as a stopgap as it pushed back the release of a proper third Titanfall game. Or perhaps the work Respawn had done for Titanfall 3 ended up... um, Or, sorry, wound up evolving into the spinoff game. No matter what, the third Titanfall appears to be a ways down the road. Expect Apex Legends to be announced very soon, perhaps tomorrow at the Super Bowl or on Monday as a not-so-much-of-a-surprise reveal. This will be the first... Two, uh, first of two games Respawn has planned for this year, in addition to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is slated to come out this fall. So what do you guys think about this? I know, Andy, you and I have both been pretty big fans of Titanfall mm-hmm. um, to varying degrees. But are you excited for You can't for this? see it, but I'm like, sort of, you know, got that, yeah, got the little shoulder dance of, He's like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't want to commit to a take right now. Because, like, class-based battle royale sounds interesting. I like the Titanfall games, um, but I'm just, I'm over Battle Royales. 
Yeah, that's kind of my thing on it, is, like, this sounds interesting, but, like, I don't know if I'm really interested in another Battle Royale game, frankly, and, like, it not having the Titans is kind of like, isn't that the point of Titanfall? Like, if, when I first heard this news, I'm like, if it's just a Titanfall Battle Royale where it's the gameplay of Titanfall as a Battle Royale, I could fuck with that. Yeah, but that was my initial thought on this. It being a modified version of that, I, it's hard to say without knowing well, more about so it, right? Without seeing I'm, it I'm not as out on that part because the Titans were hands down my least favorite part of Titanfall. Yeah, well, I guess playing... Interesting. I, God, that movement is like so movement. good. If it, it just feels so fluid to like, okay, now I'm going to wall run, wall run, grappling hook, spin around this building, double jump, wall run some more, and I land on your head, stick a bomb to it, land on your teammate's head, blow it off with my shotgun, and then keep moving? That felt so cool. Um, Titanfall was the only video game to ever really make me feel like a superhero like that. And the Titans just didn't. I was bad. They were slow and clunky and didn't move well. And they were good for fighting each other, but I was better at fighting them when I wasn't in one. So I'd, like, call my Titan down and be like, hey, uh, robot, fight those guys. Yep, I would often do that. I'd put it on autopilot and then just, like, try to take out people that were trying to kill it. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I could see myself getting into this if it's really good. But I just, I, I, the, I feel like the moment for Battle Royales may have passed for me. I think I like the yeah. idea of Titanfall kind of going into it. Not for the simple fact that they are, because yes, you're right. The Battle Royale genre is kind of like outstayed its welcome now with too much exposure with PUBG, Fortnite, and now Fallout. Um, or excuse me, Blackout Mode and Call of Duty. And the forgotten one that nobody talks about with Battlefield, which we kind of ignored. I don't even think it exists, but whatever. I was really, really hoping that you were going to say... What was that other... What was that goofy one that we liked, Thompson? The 80s one? Uh, Radical Heights. Radical Heights. Oh. I thought I thought <laughs> no. you were going to throw that out there for a second. I was like, oh man, do we have another Radical Heights <laughs> I don't even remember it, but... <laughs> I think, to Andy's point, the fact that you're going to introduce a Battle Royale game with kind of not really any restricted movements could make a difference. Because with PUBG and Fortnite, it was still very restrictive where you had to kind of use the world around you like PUBG was just very basic Fortnite had the building mechanics which after a while if you didn't if you played on consoles and not PC (laughs) you were terrible at it granted Blackout was fun because it took you know everybody's favorite first person shooter Call of Duty and kind of put it into that realm and it made it fun but I think with a game like Titanfall like using Titanfall's engine in a battle royale game can make a difference because if you're gonna if you could do a scene like that um, and just kind of roam around the world and just kind of like double jump run grapple things like that and then just start you know killing people and try to get to number one that could be much more fun and much more competitive because now you can go vertically more than horizontally and i think that's going to be a bigger appeal than it would be with any other battle royale game how it will play out i'm not 100 percent sure i'm going to be very interested in that um but we'll see. Also, side note, Star Wars Jedi Fall Order, Jedi Fallen Order is not coming out this year. No way in hell. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. <laughs> I want to say that there's another Battle Royale game uh, called Realm Royale, and you pick a class like Mage or Warrior or whatever, and if you get... So you, you buy spells at uh, points where you buy, like, guns and radical heights or whatever, and that has spells for everyone that has movement spells, so, like, a warrior can charge really fucking fast, like, a mage can fucking fly. So, verticality in that game? Huge big deal, right? That mechanic, it's not nearly as fast as Titanfall, so that mechanic 
put into a battle royale, really spiced it up. And that was one of the last games I really enjoyed that was a battle royale. So, like, yeah, I'm in for Titanfall for Titans, but if it's for class-based kind of shit like that, you know, jumping around buildings and everything, like, those infantry battles were the one of my favorite parts about that game, the little bit I played for number two. Um, that was hilarious, like, like spinning around a building together, like, two dudes just yeah. constantly grappling around and, like, whipping grenades around, hoping one hits. Uh, I had a blast in the Titans, but those things in a battle royale game where you got one life, the tension on it could be pretty fun. So if there's some neat class abilities, could be really cool. And it's going to be free to play, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's. it's <laughs> I'll try I'll to try this. I think now <laughs> could be good. Yeah, that's 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 my that's my take on this one. Yeah, and I am with you, Thompson. I'm I'm going to give it a shot, and we'll see how I feel about it. Maybe it can win me back. Yeah, you know, because uh, Fortnite was just not for me. Yeah, um, like Realm Royale had, had a lot of fun things in it, but it didn't keep me very long. And maybe there could be some elements from there into this. I'll see. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, and it's super. It's interesting to think like I, I'm. I'm waiting for like what the announcement's actually going to be and how they're going to play it now that it like leaked so early. But uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on this one for you. Uh, so, last story before we move into our meat and potatoes discussion this week is NetEase has bought a minority stake in the Detroit developer Quantic Dream, and uh, it seems like there's a chance that they might go multi-platform. So, this is pulling from uh, Michael McWhorter's uh, article over at Polygon, and uh, I'm just going to read a little bit about this and we can, you know, we can have a conversation. Uh, Chinese internet company NetEase announced it has purchased a minority stake in Quantic Dream, the French developer behind Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human, as part of an investment in, quote, the development and creation of the next generation games. NetEase did not disclose the monetary terms of its investment in Quantic Dream, uh, but it will su- the investment will support Quantic Dream's vision of becoming a global multi-franchise entertainment company and to develop advanced technologies and games for the future. Uh, so they kind of use a similar language when they made their $100 million investment in uh, Bungie last year. So it seems like NetEase is is kind of trying to pull a, like, Tencent and get their hands in a lot of different pots here. Uh, but it's interesting. The rest of it is just kind of, like, very, like, PR speak about why they're doing this and, and what happened. And uh, I'll, I'll throw the, the quote we got from David Cage, who is obviously the CEO and creative director over at Quantic Dreams. He said, the landscape of the gaming industry will go through major evolutions in the coming years with new hardware to come, new business models to explore, and a new way of playing to invent. We want Quantic Dream to take a key role in this exciting future, and having NetEase by our side as a strategic partner will allow us to expand our creative vision and develop the company to its fullest potential. NetEase understands what Quantic Dream is about, and they, as they share our passion for high-quality games and our ambitions for the studio. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what this really means long term. I think the idea that they're going to go multi-platform is interesting, since they've had you know a really long-running relationship with Sony. Um, you know, which doesn't necessarily mean that they won't moving forward. I think we've seen a similar thing with, um, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking um, on their Insomniac? name right now. Spider-Man. Um, Naughty Dog? Insomniac. Oh, yeah, no, Insomniac. Thank yeah. you. Uh, they had a very similar thing with Insomniac, you know, where Insomniac kind of split from their exclusive relationship with Sony, but then came back to do Spider-Man. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't have a close relationship moving forward, but the idea of Quantic Dream games maybe on PC or Xbox or whatever is obviously uh, pretty big news. So what do you guys think about this? Um, as someone who, regardless of platform, is probably not going to play a Quantic Dream game, doesn't really affect me at all. 
do you like have any like thoughts like, on this? As I an think it could though? Like, it could mean that they're they're branching out and like branching out and getting your games in more people's hands is always cool. And I think that more Chinese IT mega companies getting involved in the video game market is weird because Tencent owns everything, and now NetEase is starting to own not quite as much as Tencent, as you said. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's going to be weird um, when these giant companies who own a little bit of everything start like exerting that little bit of everything. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's interesting too for like the technology behind a lot of games. It, a lot of these are very unique games and companies that work on their proprietary stuff. Like like Detroit had that beautiful facial uh, renditions. You know, like it looked like a fucking real life thing. And you know, maybe there's a bit there and a bit from another company and something else that you can cobble together and be like, wow, we've got all these advanced things now. You know, a nice nice little bit. Of everything makes a beautiful project, and if you have development already done from everything that you've got your hands in, you save a bajillion dollars on R and D. And it's interesting to see where they go with all this stuff because uh, they're still obviously acquiring more. And Quantum is a very unique company right now. At least they one of the last I can remember that just kind of really are just there. They're on Sony, and that's it. And they make these one type of game, <laughs> and David Cage does it, and it's like. It's it's just like an interesting flagship studio in my eyes that if they're branching out, it could be a sign of the times, or it could just be, um, maybe maybe Cage is, is spreading his wings and trying to, you know, maybe there's gonna be more types of games coming out of them. I don't know, um, or just more games in general. Or, yeah, or in general, because they're they're really like they're just an interesting studio in my eyes, and uh, it's interesting that they would, um really go down this route at all but it makes a lot of sense financially probably because you know you don't make a lot of games and guess what if someone wants to throw you money for a small piece you're probably going to do it and you're going to make more money if you go multi-platform yeah absolutely you know? so, so if they can get the same kind of smart. support they're getting from Sony from NetEase yeah. while also maybe making more money on their games yeah. that could be good for and then the leveraging studio. that against even Sony and being like hey look we've already you know, kind of got this piece with them you know if it, maybe they could get more out of them who knows you know it's super smart for them and I'm interested to see where this goes and what they'll make yeah, for me, the real headline is is the is the netties of it all. Because like Andy said, I think it's been interesting to see how many of these Chinese companies have become like sleeping giants, yeah. where they own so many studios yeah, and so yeah. many pieces of studios, but they're not really doing anything. Like they're just like, hey, we're gonna give you some money and take a cut, and if that's all they want to do, I think that's really good for those creative entities. But like. To Andy's point, if we do hit a point where they decide that they want to change things up, like they hold a lot of power over the industry now. Yeah, I wonder how much power they're actually going to have, like because you hear a minority stake and things like that. So it's interesting what kind of right. voice they're going to give to some of the games. Like, are kind of what um, Thompson was mentioning? Is there a possibility that they can make Quantic Dream not make a choose your own adventure or this non-linear style? gameplay going forward like do they want to do they think that the industry would rather have just like a singular type of story and will they force quantic dream to change their hand or you know will they have some kind of stake in at least you mentioned the article said bungie correct so yeah yeah they, they uh invested a hundred million dollars so Bungie. with especially with um whatever whatever happens with destiny nowadays like what's going to happen with netties and bungie and destiny like that's also going to be a big thing that we need to kind of keep our eyes on like how much sway can they have to change 
a genre that we already know that comes from a franchise into something else? Like, or is it only just, hey, we're just going to be an investment, no more, no less? If something like that happens, then this is a not not necessarily a non-story, but just one to keep it at least just keep in the peripheral, but not worry about it now. But eventually, if we get yeah. to a point where they start changing genres of franchises, then it's kind of concerning. Like, man, what what did we really let ourselves get set up for? Yeah, I think I think you're right to say that like the long term ramifications of this story and stories like this are the really interesting thing because I think in the immediate future, if if experience has taught us anything is that this really doesn't mean much them going multi-platform is is a headline but other than that it's probably going to just be business as usual for the time being for quite a while more than likely yeah one one to keep at the back of your mind though all right so moving into our meat and potatoes discussion this week sony is reportedly already starting to shift first party developers to focus onto the ps5 so this, uh, this was a story that made like a ton of headlines and ended up to a bunch of fake news stories where people thought that the PS5 was going to be announced or that like there was, you know, that like, an, uh, that there was an announcement incoming or something like that. And, um, that is not the case, but there is some interesting developments on the front of the PS5. So this comes from IGN's article on the subject by one Joe Screebles. I'm going to read a little bit from this and, uh, and then we can, we can get into it. Sony is apparently having its first-party studios focus on PlayStation 5, excuse me, PlayStation 5 game development, but we may not see the fruits of that labor for some time. Industry analysts put inside information ahead of official confirmation took to Reset Era to explain that, quote, in general, most of the focus for Sony's first-party studios is on PS5 right now. It's still early to talk about next-gen, but I imagine we'll hear some whispers come out of GDC. He announced that, quote, PS5 dip dev kits are out there, and I've heard positive things about it. Sony has already officially confirmed that work has begun on a PS5, and several third-party publishers, including Square Enix, Bethesda, and Activision, are openly working on next-gen games. In fact, a reported 18% of developers are actively developing for the next console generation, and it's no surprise that Sony Studios would be a part of that. So, I'm... What I'm most interested here, right? Like, obviously, we now have this confirmation. We know PS5 dev, dev kits are in the wild. I think we all knew that that was happening or that it was on the horizon but what do we think what do we think the timeline is on a ps5 right now do you think we're going to get an announcement by the end of the year that like it's imminent or do you see it as like a little bit i'm calling it right now right now this moment Mm -hmm. it's super bowl sunday 2019 ps5 announced via a super bowl ad in 2020 for the holidays with the last of us part two as a launch title so you think we'll see Last of Us Part Two on PS5? And no, I think PS4? we'll get it both. I think it'll be like an enhanced version. Okay. Like, oh yeah, it's on both, but like it has X, Y, or Z extra features on the PS5. Okay. Yeah. But similar to like what we saw right, in yeah. the Wild, they launch together this November or next November in this hypothetical, but 2020. I think. I think it's still a year off. This has. This has to be the only reason why P- the PlayStation would be skipping E3 outside of like not telling us any new information is that, yes, now we know that PS5 is now in the wild. You kind of want to give a year to kind of like cool the sales on what you already have so far and not trotting out old news to now focus on it. I think that the place you could see a commercial, at least a teaser for a commercial for a PlayStation 5 at next year's Super Bowl. I 
totally expect that. I can see them fully announcing it when they come back to E3 the following year with a full blowout. And I think I think every franchise that I spoke of in terms of like what's being delayed um, will be the launch titles. You'll, it'll probably be Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. I can see those coming out next year on the PS5 with PS4 counterparts because you know you want to say the PS you know keep the PS4 as something you will still support for a little while. But in the meantime. I think that's how it's going to work out. You'll see the uh, those two games specifically headline the PlayStation 5, um, but you won't hear about them anytime soon because I think we finally quieted down on those specific games. That's interesting. Well, here, before I say what I, my piece, what do you think, Thompson? Yeah, I could... I, I, I could see that happening, too. You have, like, Days Gone, Last of Us, and all them. Uh, really strong titles for um a ps5 launch and knowing that they're in the wild you're going to want at least a year you know for them people get familiar with them too especially developers you know make a uh a familiarity with it so when at least they don't have just the concept and they know the tools they're using at least that's ideal and i don't see that as a rush to say that it's as early as that um i mean really i i think andy might have nailed it like it could be a, a like a super bowl thing like it it's it's at least a year from like today, but it's like not much mm-hmm. more in my eyes. So like being that it's a Super Bowl, like yeah, like that's an event that would work. It's it can't be like in my eyes, it can't be this Christmas. That's too early. But if it's like any later than like July of of next year, that's like too far. So yeah, like early first quarter announcement kind of thing would be really really strong. Come back with E three and. We get some like hard details on it, and it seems like a viable timeline. Like we've been saying the, the, this for like over a year now. It's like two years away. Well, the first year is up, right? So we got like a year left, maybe, before we get an announcement and like a real yeah. hard announcement. Like not like a oh we're um, working on it. Like then, a, no, here's what it is, and here's when it comes. Yeah, out. yeah. And they come out and they say like, and here's what's going to be on it, and here's what you can expect, and here's some features, and like just you know time to blow people out of the water because. There's been a little bit like we've been saying, like, what, where, where are these games? You know, we've been talking about them for a while. Some of these, it makes a lot of sense. You know, they need a little more time, um, probably. And and yeah, there's going to be a PS4 counterpart. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the PS3 ran PS4 games for like how long? Yeah, you know, after it was out, like they did for so many years. They're like, yeah, it's still on PS3. Don't worry. So, no doubt in my mind, it, it makes perfect sense that they shifted a lot of the first party development to this thing. They that's got to be their flagship coming out. You know. So I, I agree with a good amount of what you guys have thrown out there. I don't know that I think that Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, or um, basically any of the remaining PlayStation 4 games that we have announced are going to be PS5 games, except for um, uh, Kojima's game. What the hell is it called? Death, Death Stranding. Stranding. I was just going to mention Death Stranding. Yeah, Death Stranding is the one Sony <laughs> that's game that's one. been announced that will be a PS5 game. I think it's it's totally possible that we see Last of Us or, like, Shishima or whatever as, like, uh, kind of simultaneously released. Or, like, we get an updated version shortly thereafter, like we did with the, the original Last of Us, where, like, within a few months of PS4's release, we got that remastered release of it. Um, like a definitive edition, you know, kind of thing. I think those are definitely things that I feel as though are on the table. But personally, I think that the more likely scenario is that 2019 and 2020, they release all the games that have been announced up until now. Again, excluding perhaps (laughs) Death Stranding. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's never coming out, don't worry. Um, (laughs) 
I think all those games are going to be the things that close out the PS4's life cycle. And then I imagine that we're going to get a similar, like, back in the day when we got the PS4 announcement, uh, like, event that they did in New York in February. I think we could see something similar to that, which would be just around the same timeline that Andy laid out for, like, a Super Bowl commercial and, and getting people hyped up in the Q1, and that we see it come out that fall, which would be the same timeline that we saw on the uh, PlayStation 4. And I think that makes sense because I think if this thing comes out, it's going to be a, a fall release because then you have the ability to put it out, have there be an initial wave of hype for it, and then sell a shitload the holiday season when you have a couple more games out. So I think, to me, that's the timeline that makes the most sense for me. I think we get uh, Days Gone is this year. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I think, is supposed to be either late this year or early next year. And... You know, uh, Last of Us is maybe, like, the last big exclusive game on the PS4. Would be a good eye. (laughs) The last (laughs) of the PS4 exclusives. And then we move into PS5 with, um, you know, a clean slate. None of the games that, none of the games that have been announced are left. And then we get a whole another wave of them, the same way we did with the PS4, where we get our announcement, we get teases for a few games, mostly focused on features and stuff like that. We get their their return to E3 in 2020, and they make a huge slew of announcements of, here are all the games that are in development, and then we have our new six-year roadmap for the PS5. If I was a betting man, that's, that's where I'm feeling like we're going with this thing. That sounds about right. I don't know, just none of the things they showed us last year at E3 like feel ready enough to be out this year. Well, that's I think Days Gone is definitely going to come out this year. And if you I'm not I, even sure I about think, that. I think I think it's I think it's safe that it's going to come out this year. A schedule for April, yeah. right? If I, I mean, remember. Even if they yeah, delay it, they'll soon. delay it to the fall. You know? Um, but even if not, even if they did delay it a whole other year, I think 2020 is another year that's going to be just a PS4 year in terms of releases, right? And then, like, we get the announcement of PS5, and it comes out 2021. And that would put the PS4 on a six-year life cycle, right? Because it came out in 2014? It was, 2013. was it 2013. So seven years. And I think that's 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 pretty good. So Death Stranding, not counting they're all going to be out before the five's so. out you're saying i think death stranding is the one game that we'll see slip and it's like it was actually a ps5 title all along you know yeah i mean i, I don't ever see that game coming out so that, i don't talk yeah about it. it doesn't exist it's either, it's either it never comes out or surprise it was actually a tech demo in disguise <laughs> yeah 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 something crazy like that like the walking simulator that we saw of it was that was like Kojima's that's it, that's watching it was. His youtube channel <laughs> and it's actually just like 10 hour video starring norman reedus as a video game character yeah. How ironic would Boy. it be, since just bringing up the word tech demo, what if it was actually a uh, bundle with the PS5? You get Death Stranding, and that's the only way you get it. <laughs> oh, man. Things, I guess. Uh, but one of the other things that I thought was interesting was um, in, in the article that I was referencing earlier from IGN, uh, there's also the uh, – there was an, an additional quote from the same uh, guy who said that a couple of unannounced games and already like that are already existing IP – um, are being developed with PS4 in mind. So there's a chance that we still have a decent number of games from Sony that we're just not aware of yet that will still come out in the PS4 era. So I think, like, 
to me, 2021 has got to be the earliest we're going to see this thing. I don't think it's coming out next year, which leads me to think that all the games that we have talked about are not coming out on PS5. Because to your point, Andy, I don't think that they looked like they were far enough along last year, but we have an additional year right now, and then if my predictions are correct, a whole another year to still get them out and like close off the PS4. I don't know. I, I think 2021 is too long for Sony to wait. I think if they put it out any later than next year, it's a mistake. Because um, they're running out of things as Microsoft is picking up Steam. And I'm sure they have like things they weren't ready to show yet. But the the perception right now is that Sony's like chugging to a stop as Microsoft's like, okay, let's fucking go. Next gen, we got this. I think that is a perception thing, though, because I think, like, you look at Xbox, I think in the same article, there is a, a real, the, the rumor right now is that Xbox Scarlet is going to be revealed this year, and it will come out next year, which would mean it might come out, like, a full year before PlayStation 5, if, if my predictions are correct, which isn't unheard of. That happened with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. They were spaced out a similar amount of time there. And uh, it makes sense for Xbox to want to get started on the next generation, though, because the Xbox One is not selling well right now, you know, and like it, it is in a they, they feel like they're in a transition period where they're ready for the next generation. But Sony's still selling well. The PS4 still is still going strong. So, like, I don't know that they have the same need to get it out next year that Xbox feels. I think that letting Xbox have a year by itself, though, is a big mistake for Sony. Yeah, I mean that's potentially like, true too. You know, I think that that's a good that's a good point. Like if Sony If I'm Sony, I want to say okay, yeah, fuck it. Whatever they're going to call Scarlet, like sure. It's that, but like PS5, guys. PS5. I think the one thing that makes it interesting to me that think that makes me think that strategy might work out for them though is like what always happens when a new console comes out, right? Like, it's released, the hardest of the hardcore, the techies are like, I'm gonna buy it right away, and there's, like, almost no games on it, right? Like, there'll be a few releases here or there, a lot of them will be multi-plat, so you'll be able to play these new games on your old console. So while Xbox is going through those growing pains, Sony could have a really dominant year where everybody who already owns a PS4 can jump into a bunch of these really high-quality exclusives that are Game of the Year contenders and then come out strong with PS5 the next year. Might be the case, but they're already going through the growing pains. I see Xbox already doing that, and they might already be ready to come out with something stronger than what you think normally the cycle would work because they have been a hungry company for a long time now and they've been working toward this goal so it's possible that they're more along in that respect and get like i'm i'm 50 50 on like how much of an impact it's gonna have if they come out early because like they could i feel like they have been making so many moves toward the next gen early that they're ahead of the game on that stuff while not maybe ahead on tech i don't know yet obviously like they're not out yet with that but if they make an announcement early and the hype comes up for them and they have all these pro-consumer things that are going on and that new system integrates to everything that they've been doing really well and give them a year on that, that's... That can be really start. detrimental to... 
Yeah, it could, because especially then, like, now, if they've already been going, like, I feel like they've been going through a growing period right now, like, they've been trying to figure out where they need to fit, they come out, they have a better direction already, you know, like, they are one step ahead on that. I think the and fact, that's not to say PS5 can't. I but. think the fact that you mentioned, all, like, one of the things that they are already planning for ahead, especially with the PlayStation, is the fact that there's a reason why they made such a big deal at E3 about the studio acquisitions. I think that's yeah. their, like, that was their small initial hint that, hey, listen, you know, we're still supporting the Xbox One. We're still doing everything we can for it. And we showed off games like Halo Infinite and everything else related to it. But those are not with Xbox One in mind. I think Halo Infinite and the studio acquisitions were small hints that told you, hey, listen, we're going to be looking more towards yeah. the future. We're going to be looking more towards the Scarlet Project. And I think E3 this year, you're going to get a more direct tease of like, yeah, you know what? Here's what we got coming around the pipeline. Kind of what they did when they first announced the um, Xbox One and then the Xbox One X as well, where they said, hey, listen, we're going to take the first steps towards that 4K future. And that's why they talked about Scorpio so much. Um, I think this year is the first time we'll see Scarlet. And possibly you'll have Halo Infinite be the star. And then one of those big acquisitions also be the star. That could be this year. That could be the, my, uh, Microsoft strategy. And if they get that year head start, Sony could rush their announcement. It's possible. Yeah, man. I see, like, Microsoft's been laying a lot of groundwork, and for what? It's not for the three... I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one, you know, the Xbox One. Because, uh, it, it, like, you know, like, it's not going to be the PS4. It, it just won't at this point. It's it's so far into the, the cycle that it just can't ever catch up. It's not that it can't do wonders or, like, catch up in some way, but it'll never reach the numbers now. Yeah, it's too late. So they've been laying all this stuff out, and it's got to be for the next thing, whatever that be and however soon that is. And you don't buy a ton of studios without something in mind. I, I, don't, I don't see them because we didn't really even get any announcements from them. They're like, oh, they purchased them. Great. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of I those mean, studios. Like, there's nothing coming out. Already had games in development where like they're gonna like um, mm-hmm. like Obsidian, right? Like they already had that deal with. Uh, I forget the name of it, but the, that that imprint. Oh God, the game's called The Outer Worlds, but I can't remember what the. Oh. Yeah, right. Outer yeah, Worlds yeah. is like not going to be an Xbox exclusive, right. but their next game will be. So I think you're right that like they're clearly investing in the future of Xbox and trying to signal to us as consumers that like, hey, we learned that like exclusives are important and that we can't like just sell you on tech or be putting out games that are available on PC. And I think like them investing in these studios shows that like they're ready to up the ante with Xbox for the next gen and I think try to take some of that market share back, which Sony I think Microsoft's of. never going back on the PC thing. Even if they that's true. I think that's probably um, right. Yeah. But if they true. can make it an attractive yeah, enough offer right. otherwise, maybe that'll matter. And even if they just, like, say, like, an announcement on Scarlet, not even, like, get too far down, it, it, it might shake Sony enough to make them fumble. Because, like, they do make mistakes when they're on top this long. And, like, they've been making some already. It, you know, like, it could be all just, you know, them trying to fuck with them. You know, like, it, like a very brilliant ploy of course you know uh just seeing like maybe like for them to real reveal their hand too you know like we know that there's another xbox coming but we don't know when so if they make the first move they do get the initiative no matter how impactful it is or not they do have the initiative on that and that could be really wonderful for them considering all the stuff that they've done to get to this point so 
I think that they're smart too, and I think they really want to succeed. Like they're not put, taking it lightly. Like they've done so many things that are just crazy good, uh, you know, for the consumer. That there's, I don't think they're going to just suddenly like yeah. F it no, up right I agree. Now. I really do. I you think know? Xbox has been taking their lumps this generation because they realize that they lost. But like all the decisions they've been making to poise themselves for the future are really, really cool and innovative. And if they can, dude, it's like. It's like the Switch, dude. Like they took their beating and they learned. They're humble about it right now, and they're going to come yeah, back I with really, something. Yeah, I really do think that's, that's how happen. I see I think it. Microsoft is going to surprise us in the next generation and really come out swinging. And I don't know that that's going to be a problem for Sony because I think that they have a lot going for them that Microsoft doesn't. But in the same breath, yeah, it's the, a different the point you made about when Sony's uh, on top, they get complicit. <laughs> That's the thing. Sony has the power to combat everything Microsoft's doing in a meaningful way, and it could be an interesting juggernaut battle, but, like, they are known to just drop the ball at this stage and just be like, yeah, we got this, don't worry. Or something, or just something gets out of control, or who knows All what I the fuck see they're going to do. I really you know? <laughs> want to see them... I want to see the, those two companies get back to the point that they were during the PS3 and Xbox uh, 360 era, where they're both healthy, but, like, it's a back and forth for who's in first... Because you know who benefited mm-hmm. from that? Us. Because <laughs> Xbox yeah, 360 yeah, was the cheapest platform. It had the best online. It had a ton of really solid exclu- – not a ton, but a lot of solid exclusives. And PlayStation 3's answer to that was we're going to give you a great exclusive every single month. And they created two really unique ecosystems that, like, the only way to get the best games was to have them both. And that's what we want, honestly. Like, as much as it's great to be able for me to be like, I have no interest in an Xbox, and I'm not going to get one. I want, I want to need one. You know, that's I've been saying that for so long. I want to want this Xbox so bad yeah. right now, even the current one. You know, but I, I just can't right now. So I'm super excited to see what they have coming. Let's up. just hope that the actual neck and neck juggernaut battle actually take actually happens from the start with both launches, because as we all know, as history has taught us. When they got when Sony got lazy when they were on top with the PlayStation Two when it sold like two hundred million consoles and Xbox sold nearly nothing they got lazy and thought they could do whatever they wanted with the PS Three and we know how that turned out it took about four years before they actually kind of started meeting to catch up uh, at a parallel yeah. line and it took a while for that console battle to actually take shape because Xbox just completely destroyed them so now with the PlayStation Four Xbox One it now turned into the opposite so we saw that but. We giving Microsoft a head start could lead Sony to rush something out there, and it might not be the thing we wanted. Maybe tempering our expectations early at the same time with Microsoft could then lead us to say, well, you know, we trust Sony as much, but now Xbox has given us something that can give us a secondary console, not make them become the primary, and then Sony becomes a distant second or third to the Nintendo Switch, which would be damn embarrassing if that happened. Yeah, that's the other thing, man. That Switch, I feel, has really just started to, with Smash coming out. I feel like anyone who didn't have one is getting one now, and it's really hitting everything. We it's haven't just even got gotten Pokemon more yet, more man. That, yep. That's what I'm saying, man. Like By the time we get these two other systems out, the Switch is going to have so much time out there that who the hell knows if you're going to even care about certain things. I mean, you'll, like, you'll get the exclusives from them, but like the Switch will just have such a library at that point that... It's going to be taking a huge chunk of the market regardless. That's the thing of what that really makes now. me wonder is like, is Xbox going to be able to create a box that's comp- like attractive enough for me to bite the bullet on it? Because if, as long as I can get the games on PC, that's what I don't they know that do. I will. But if they make a really great box and it has all these awesome features, and there's a real chance there. And 
that's that's what I'm hoping for, right? That's what I'm saying. There's there's a there's a mystery package that they they can create that can sell us on this, and I don't know what it is yet. So I'm I'm super excited to see what that is because like they they have the to power honest, to do that now. You know, and they're I they're hope in that they scenario. come out and get the year start on the PS5, and that it sells like hotcakes and it makes Sony scared because that's gonna be what leads to us getting the best version of the PS5. Sony's there at their go. best yeah. when they feel like they have to compete. We'll temper the PS5 in the battles of, of fire, you know? Like, it'll, it'll be something, like, where they're like, oh, shit, like, here's what we can't lack on this or this or this. Or they, they have to see, like, you know, from what everyone else is doing, obviously, from that point, if there is any feedback on the Xbox. So, that would be really cool, though. I mean, if it came out a year early, yeah, we could we could do some really cool shit. Game market could be help. super healthy. Everyone would, would have it a great stake now. It also might incentivize <laughs> me to buy an Xbox. Because it's like, well, it's the new thing. I gotta get it. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, got to put that 4K TV to some exactly. use. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is something I think we could wax philosophic about for another hour. Uh, but it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm very hungry. So I think this is a good place to yeah, put a pin too. in this conversation for now. And uh, you know, we'll update you it, uh, update you on it as it comes. But I think you know, we talked about MPD numbers last week, and the games industry is in one of the healthiest places it's ever been. Uh, Nintendo's in a great spot. Sony's in a great spot, and Xbox has been poising themselves for a hell of a comeback. So I think no matter what happens, it's going to be really interesting moving into the ninth console generation, and I, I'm i ready for it. You know, I, I didn't think I was for a long time, but we're at a point now where I'm ready to get to start talking about what's next. And that's exciting. I still, this is very unrelated, but what's next is, like, got me thinking. Every time Microsoft sucked up a studio in the past, like, year, we've heard, yeah, like, it's that. But I've also heard rumblings about Microsoft planning something fucking huge. I just really want to see what the huge thing Microsoft has is. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, it's it's going to be... It's going to be It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. All right, so uh, before we get out of here, Ed, thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, let the kids at home know where they can find you. Always a pleasure to be on. Of course, you can find me, uh, find us, well, me personally, Eddie Road Dog, on all social medias and on all gaming consoles. Um, in terms of uh, the Party Nerds itself, at the Party Nerds with a Z on the Instagram, Party Nerds with a Z everywhere else on YouTube, on Facebook on twitch and everywhere else uh we always have our podcast at 645 on wildfire radio and or sfx studios and also on itunes and soundcloud go check it out and uh i i think i'm gonna be coming back on sometime soon to try and talk about kingdom hearts 3 so go go check it out yeah yep we're gonna be talking about kingdom hearts soon i know we got a lot of news that is gonna be coming down the pipeline so you know you're gonna see pete uh cross-platform with us cross-platform day and day <laughs> well the, the crass part probably <laughs> i mean you did tell me once that the party nerds want to be the tmz of video games so <laughs> that is true we do want to do that although i don't know if we're going to get our own fox network show one though. of these days dream big <laughs> you can find right, me Andy, over on twitter at tiger underscore millions um you'll know you've come to the right place if it's a picture of jimmy olsen do they know it's person? Oh man no, I changed all? it now. It's lizard person man. <laughs> oh right, yeah. There you go. All right, so yeah, go go follow Andy if you want some sassy socialist tweets. It's true. <laughs> Thompson, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Relic Vampire. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to do some Battlefield Gothic, still Thompson, I'm up for a challenge. How man. could it I'm, be like, a challenge when they're playing Battlefield Gothic so. against you? You're just gonna you're just gonna put the kids to bed. What? We know this. You're never gonna be challenged. I mean, I'm good, but like. I lose Do like any other mortal. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm capable of losing. So I do. I don't have a perfect win rate by a long shot. So I'm just saying, like you know, I love the challenge. I love losing because I learn from it. And you'll you'll galvanize my tactics into something supreme one day, and I will become the overlord <laughs> of Battlefield Gothic. So challenge me. I enjoy it. Kick my ass. Okay. And make you me better. It. As for me, if you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Come talk to me about the future of the PS5 and uh, the rest of the video game industry, as well as uh, Epic's Game Store. If you've got some hot takes on this one, let me know. Uh, or the Dragon Ball Z game that no one else is excited about. <laughs> if you want to hit me up, I'll, I'm down to talk about that. Uh, this this episode did not go the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to catch more content from me, I'm on the Comics Pals with Sean, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Soapbox. Uh, go check out our most recent episode where we talked about uh, some comics that came out this week and uh, some of the stuff that's been going on at DC. Uh, as for the rest of my video game content, you can find me over at LootPots.com, where I host a weekly Nintendo podcast. If you didn't get enough of me talking about video games this week, you can go listen to that, where I do a, a pretty solid show with some fine British boys. And I'm also doing, you know, reviews and news and all that stuff over on LootPots.com. So go check that stuff out. Uh, it would be... Uh, I, oh, I'd hey, really and Pete's too modest to say this about himself. So I'm going to pitch to help Pete's dreams come true. Uh, the guys Thank over you, at Kind of Funny Games are doing a th- thing. I don't really know the exact details of the program, but they're looking for fine young internet content creators to fly out to there in San Francisco, right? And hang out with them for yeah. a week and make content... And Pete's great at that. So you can find more details about this, I think, on any of our Twitters. Uh, the whole Pals Network has united in trying to get Pete out to California. So uh, if you want to go check that out and give a shout-out to your boy, Loud Pete, uh, we'd all really appreciate it. Except Pete. He'd resent you for it, because then you'd own some measure of him su- succeeding forever. <laughs> no! That's not true! <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to like buy us all dinner. Yeah, I, I would. I would greatly appreciate it if you could go help me in that endeavor. It would be a, a true dream come true for me to get to head out there and make some content with my favorite content creators. So, uh, yeah, I'd greatly appreciate it if you go over to my my Twitter. The the information is there, uh, but you can also find it on at kind of funny vids on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Video Game Pals. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Love you Bye. much. We out. Bye.